What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because if you start a business and no one knows about it, does it really exist? Today, we're geeking out on the awareness problem, how to spread the word about your business and do it in a way that aligns with your style and also importantly, your budget. To help me out with this is a longtime Side Hustle Show a listener. He's a real estate investor, a handyman, and co-host of the Handyman Pros radio show podcast, Larry Towner. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thanks, Nick. Great to be here. You bet. So you're booked out months in advance for your months. local handyman yeah. service in uh, yes. the North Atlanta area. So you got to be doing something right on the marketing front. Today, we're going to cover some free and low-cost ways to get in front of the right customers at the right time to maximize your return on investment. Lots of local marketing ideas, but there's often an online equivalent as far as those go as well. So I'll do my best to sprinkle those in. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned are at sidehustlenation.com slash Larry. It's L-A-R-R-Y. And while you're there, make sure to download the free bonus that I put together for you. This is my local marketing cheat sheet. Once again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Larry, or check it out through the link in the description of your podcast player app. Larry, kick us off. We'll go back and forth in this episode, but uh, you know, guests can go first uh, with your uh, number one uh, free or low-cost marketing idea. We're going to start with strategy. I know everybody does this, but start with a plan, right? Have a goal, have a plan, start with that. We're going to get right to tools now, but you've got to have a plan and that budget, this is low um, cost, so we want to have a budget. So have, a, have an idea of what you want to spend, right? So it can be free or it can be a slight amount of money. First one I think we should start with is website, right? And I know everybody says start with a website. I guess the point that I do with a website is it's low cost. Well, you know, you can get set up for, I don't know what it is today, but it's like $150 a year. And the ability to change it and things, when we present any kind of ideas, it needs to be flexible. The beauty of a website is you can go on and edit it whenever you want, change whatever you need to change. If, if your business changes tack and, and in our handyman business, that happens. You know, we're, we're working on plumbing one day, we're working on a wood rod another day, and we're doing carpentry the day after that. So we have to have a kind of broad uh, brochure all, all the way around. The easiest way to do that is an electronic format, aka a website. In that plan, when we build that plan, drive everything to that website. Nick, you're, I know you believe this. I know you're good at it. We've got to drive everything into one website. And then that way, that's the resource that people can get to. Yeah. Make that be your home base. It's always, it always makes me nervous when people are like, oh yeah, just send people over to my Instagram or something. It's like, well, that's maybe that's going well for you now, but having a home base that makes a ton of sense. doesn't have to cost uh, a lot of money to get started. If you prepay your hosting, you know, you can get it under five bucks a month. Uh, and then, you know, it's the cost of a domain name. Oftentimes you'll get that free when you sign up for hosting. It doesn't have to be the world's most elaborate thing. Like don't spend a ton of money on this. There's a lot of off the shelf kind of templates and themes that you can use and fill in the blanks to kind of build out this, you know, who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and why somebody should choose you. Is there any, like, what would you consider like a must have element um, on that website? Probably the biggest must-have is essentially, I call it an elevator pitch. It's got to be something. You need to be able to describe what you do in about 15 seconds, 15 to 30 seconds. And you don't have to get super detailed, but it just needs to be a hook, right? So in the case of my handyman business, we are a solution specialist for your home maintenance and repair needs. 
pretty simple, right? So when I say solution specialist, that means I do a lot of different things because it'll, I actually say it that way just so it elicits a question when I talk to somebody and I can answer that question. I say, well, we solve your problems. That's what we do. That's our value add is we really solve your problems. We help you and we have the, the depth and skill to be able to do a lot of different projects. Therefore, we can solve most problems in most cases. We just don't do heights. That's one of my, that, anyway, that's an aside. <laughs> we don't do heights. That reminds me of a cool local website that I did find. This was for like Christmas light installations. And the pitch was like, you know, this is the Seattle area. He's like, it's cold. It's wet. You're not getting up on that ladder, dude. <laughs> you know, we'll do it for you. And so he had a little bit of personality, a little bit of the, you know, kind of inherent value add of the service. Like, it's kind of dangerous. Like, you don't want to be doing this, do you? You just hire a pro. And I think that's an important element to consider. And there's, you know, different schools of copywriting um, on this, but like a little bit of personality. Like, why should somebody hire you versus all these other people if you have social proof in terms of, you know, maybe you have a bunch of Yelp reviews. I'm sure we'll get into soliciting reviews down the road. If you've worked for any well-known local clients, if you have any sort of media features, like any, all of those are different elements that you can add to your site to have just a little bit of credit. Maybe you have some uh, certifications in whatever niche that you're in. Like all of that just is, you know, a little trying to elevate the trust that a brand new potential customer of yours has come into this site. And I don't want you to spend a ton of time or money like developing this thing. Like I remember this was years ago. Somebody was like, you know, so they sent me an email, like I'm, I'm $30,000 and nine months into developing this website. It's almost, it's almost done. And I kind of wanted to be like, well, it's, it's a living, breathing document. It's never really done. It's never um, done. First off, but like, do you have a customer? Do you have any, like, don't spend that kind of money. Just kind of, you know, I don't want it to paralyze you into getting started. But I also think if you're going to spend anything on marketing, like this is a probably a pretty good first step because even if you're going around and you're knocking on doors and you don't close a deal right away, people will say, well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. They're probably going to Google you, right? And they want to, they're going to Google you. Yeah. It, it's validation. You know, it's validation. It proves you're real is what it does. Yes. It just proves you're real. Um, it, it's it's like in the old days, it used to be have a physical location, not so much anymore, especially with COVID, but um, used to be that, you know, and you need to, you need to have that validation. A website is today is, a, is validation for sure. I don't care if you're a local service or not, you know, you've got to have that website. You've got to be found online someplace, but think like your potential customer, right? So when you go to write that copy and, and, and keep it simple, right? Just keep it simple. And any copy that you write, just write it, write it simply so that people can understand, be clear and just keep it short and use that as copy and, and then elicit somebody to actually contact you. So you can, you can more or less d explain things to them verbally because it's different, correct? Yeah. One thing that I found really helpful on that copywriting front, if you're kind of you're struggling for ideas is to use the story brand framework. And I think you can do this for free. Like they'll let you kind of go through their free worksheet. If you create an account over there yep. and they walk you through this, you know, nine step process of, you know, who's your target customer? What are the pains, problems, uh, struggles that they're going through? What is their desired outcome? What's their end goal? It's positioning the customer as the hero and yourself or your business as the guide to get them, get them there, right? Like the customer is Luke and you can be Obi-Wan is always the example yeah. that Donald, I think it's Donald Miller from StoryBrand uses. And so I thought that was a really cool 
kind of copywriting framework, especially for your homepage. Like, here's what we do, or here's maybe a little bit describing the customer, what their pain is, and how you can help solve that problem. Hey, we've done it a dozen times. And so I guess the question now is, how do you get people to your website? Yeah, you got anything? Well, once you have that, it's like kind of like, yeah, if you build it, they will come, but not so much. So, but not so, so much, right? The first thing that I do is you've got to go on Google Maps and get yourself registered. Google My Business, Google Maps, and get on that that local website. That's the first thing. So, because pe- people will type in things like, in our case, they type in handyman near me, right? Yeah. And we recommend in the handyman business that we have the Handyman Pros Radio Show. It is a podcast all about home improvement and repair. Our goal is to save you time, money, and aggravation on your home maintenance and repair. But one of the things, we've done several articles on hiring contractors and hiring um, handymen. One of the things we stress is pick somebody that's local because you, most people want somebody local, in our case, or any local service provider, don't care what business you're in, really. Generally, people like to do business with people that are relatively close. And so you want to get on that Google Maps because you want to have people around you and around you is relative, but you want people around you to be able to find you. Yeah, this is this is totally free to set up. There's, you know, a dozen other local citations that you can go out and submit to Yellow Pages and City Search and even setting up a Facebook page, right? All of these kind of are opportunities to point back to your site, but they all are, you know, spreading kind of a wide net. Like where might people be searching for? Like my friend uh, Larry Ludwig from from FinCon and affiliate marketing and stuff he posted on his Instagram the other day. This, the name of the dentist's office, like it was a f- picture of a, the physical building and it said dentist near me. And he was like, you know, this is the epitome of uh, local SEO going, <laughs> uh, going too far. But it's, it's like, that's what people are searching for, you know, service provider near me and this Google My Business piece of it, really important way to go like, you know, free to set up. They give you lots of different tools inside of there. You can set your hours of operation. If you don't want to list your home address, you can list kind of a service area, uh, which is what my uh, wife and her partner did for their photography business. Uh, Lots of cool tools in there. Do you have any other best practices like for gaining exposure, gaining visibility there? Because I imagine there's probably a dozen other local handymen who are doing the same thing. You know, it is so that the, it functions like much like a blog and you can write some articles in for, for your Google, my business posts, and you can post those articles out there. And, you know, Google is what the largest search engine in the world. So if you do, if you do some specific area related tips, like just for example, here in Atlanta, we have a tremendous amount of wood rot. I mean, it's just pervasive in every single wooden facility that, that lives in Atlanta. So I've wrote, I've written several just by combination of their blog posts on my website, but I've also written them for Google My Business. And basically it's cut and paste, right? So I cut all these articles, but I write all about doing um, wood rot repair in my local town. So it's all based right within a, I try to stay within a certain, about a half an hour circle around where I, where I, my home base is. And okay. um Anyway, but I write a lot of, you know, if, if you add in those keywords, you know, in Shambly, Georgia or in or in coming Georgia or wherever you happen to live, it really helps. It'll, it, it drives business. And when you write those articles, gosh, they live forever pretty much. I mean, I get I get calls from articles I wrote four and five and six years ago. And so okay. I, I, I put them there. I put them on the website. We post them on Facebook. You know, I do all of you, you. You cover as many bases as you can. All of it, by the way, is very well, it's almost free. Website's the most expensive thing. The rest of it's all free. And, yeah. and that's that's been very successful for us. Be, but get real specific. Give people something that they can grab onto in a, in a good written article. Okay. You're kind of feeding you 
data into the algorithm, into the machine on what you know about, what you help people with. And so if somebody is searching for wood rot, Atlanta, like you start to come up, I would argue the same thing. Even if you're kind of an online freelancer, you don't, your clients don't have to be local. I would argue it still makes sense to set this up because we talked to Chris Misterick, who was doing web design in like the Phoenix suburbs. And he's like, hey, I started getting people who found me in Google from my local listing. And so, was, you know, people, customers, even if they are looking for a remote freelancer, there's a tendency to have a higher level of trust with somebody who's a neighbor of yours. And so I think that is a, is a worthwhile exercise, even if your business is online. Now, Larry just shared the best case scenario of creating written content. Create something once and it lives forever online and the work you do today could be paying dividends for years to come. When that happens, it's super rewarding. But how do you know what kind of content to create? And how can you give yourself the best chance of creating something that's actually going to deliver results? Maybe you've tried some SEO tools or keyword research tools in the past, but they just end up making you feel even more confused about what you should be doing. You need a tool that makes SEO simple and delivers results fast. I want to introduce you to our new sponsor, RankIQ.com. This is an AI-powered SEO tool set built just for bloggers and side hustlers like you. How it works is RankIQ's keyword experts have found the lowest competition keywords with the highest traffic potential in over 300 different niches. If you create content on it, odds are they've got you covered. All you need to do is choose one of those keywords in your niche that's already a proven winner and then click the Run Report button. That report is going to tell you what to put in your blog post and title so you can write perfectly optimized content in half the time. Hit the pause button right now and go on over to rankiq.com to start publishing content that goes straight to the first page of Google. No more wasting time guessing at what content to create or going through the motions but not quite getting the targeted traffic you're after. Some safety and numbers for you. Rank IQ has got the highest user ratings on G2.com for all SEO tools in both ease of use and quality of support. Again, rankiq.com. Big thanks to Rank IQ for sponsoring this edition of the Side Hustle Show. It really works. That's the other the other side to it. Along those same lines, you know, grab your phone and shoot some short videos again with a with your either your elevator pitch or a, or a description of what you're doing. Again, I, we haven't done we actually have not done a wood rot video. Thank God because we're it's a long story, folks. But we're actually not trying to generate any more business for the handyman business because we're overwhelmed. But I know if I if I shot a good vi- a good short video like. 25 to 50 seconds, really short about wood rot, about a, you know, a before and after picture and maybe a few pictures in between and put it out there with a quick description over the top of it. That then goes on the website, goes on the Google My Business, goes into all the the social feeds that you, that you tend to operate on. And again, those things live forever. And video is really, in our business, video is really, really powerful because it actually shows what you're doing. And you show that, that before and after picture and it's, it's pretty stunning. It's visual proof. It's, it's, again, it's that validation. It's all those things that you've already mentioned. We've already mentioned just, you know, building, it just builds. It's just another brick in that wall. And it, and eventually that business just starts coming, you know, your way. It really works. It really, really works. Video is great. Yeah. That was one that I had on my list, kind of answering common questions in the form of video, either as kind of this search engine feeding, you know, the feeding the machine, what it wants to know and, you know, answering people's questions while you're out on a job, you know, maybe filming. It's, you know, hard if you're solo, maybe bring a little tripod, like, hey, I'm going to replace 
such and such on this customer's house. Here's how to get it done. We were replacing our dishwasher a few months ago and you connect it to the disposal under the sink and there's like a little blocker in there. You have to knock that out, yes. Yeah, what are you supposed to do with this thing? (laughs) And so sure enough, some friendly plumber in Salt Lake had made this video and he, well, here's how you get rid of that. Here's how you hook it up. And he had 30,000 views. You know, we weren't locals. We weren't going to be a customer of his, but, you know, he probably made a little bit of AdSense money on on us watching his video. And we've seen people do this in the online freelance space, like uh, Joshua Lysick was on the show. He was, uh, you know, he's the entrepreneur's wordsmith, I think is his site doing ghostwriting. And so he would like, how much does a ghostwriter cost? Or how does it work to work with a ghostwriter? How much, you know, traditional versus self-publishing, you kind of target those types of keywords for his YouTube video. And he'd introduce himself, hey, my name's Joshua, I'm a professional ghostwriter. And I want to show you, you know, over the shoulder, here's how a ghostwriter works or something. And then here's, here's his video. It's just, you know, kind of the keywords that his target customer would be searching for, whether it's online, whether it's local. I think there's some opportunity there. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I'm going to call that number three, doing video uh, or adding some video content on top of number two is Google My Business. What's next on your list here? So I'm a, I'm a traditional paper guy. I'm a little bit older. You know, I, I've been in business since, what year is this? Gosh, I think 1983. <laughs> like, nice. Oh, it's kind of scary. But when I started, you know, a million years ago in this world, right, I always love to talk to younger people because they're like, you know, when I start back when I started in the old days, as they say, but we didn't, we had no electronic media at all. Well, I take that back. We had electronic media. It was called radio and television. And you paid absolutely a 
ton of money to be on electronic media. Um, yeah. But to do free things or low cost things in those days, you did a lot of paper. You know, we still did brochures and postcards and uh, business cards and other things. And I have found in, in a, there's, there's like two or three things here that I'm really going to touch on. One is I, I'm, I'm a big business card guy. Now, with that said, y'all are going, oh, business cards. Everybody talks about business cards, this and that and that and this. And I'm going to say, if you do a business card right, it's it doesn't really act like a business card. It acts like a brochure, right? So on my business card, which, which uh, I think, Nick, I've sent you a copy. If I haven't, I will. On my business card, the front is actually has my shining face, which the reason that we put the shining face on is so that if somebody, if one of my customers has it and I'm a new customer, they actually know who shows up at their door. That's the reason that I'm on the. Well, I think it shows up in your email signature. I have my business card and my email signature. Yes, I do. Because that way people get an idea of what we do because the business card becomes a a mini brochure. It says solution specialist. It drives people to the website on the front page. It's got a phone number and all the contact information. The backside is a little mini brochure. So it says landscaping and carpentry and electro, uh, light electrical and light plumbing. And light. it's all the things basically you think of when you think of a handyman. But that brochure, it gives, it, as a brochure, my business card gives them a full, a concept of what we actually can do. And to remember this, this is probably the key thing. If you're doing business cards, Website on both front and back, and we used to say phone number on front and back, but just website on both front and back, and that drives people to that website. Today, keep in mind when you design your business card, make sure people can take a picture of it, and it has all the information that they need when they take a picture of it with their phone. Because I know, like I, people actually take my business cards, they shoot a picture, and they hand the card back to me. But it yeah. still works. It's all my information in one very concise place. And then the other side of it is now you use these mini brochures and you post them up at, again, this is really old school, but you know, there's still bulletin boards out there. Like if you go to an Ace Hardware and you're in the handyman business, there's a bulletin board there and you can post your cards on that bulletin board. And lo and behold, you'll go find out that people take those with them. So, you know, just dis and distribute your business cards out, you know. You're, I, I keep them with me all the time. I don't care where you go. Somebody asks you, what do you do? You say, I'm a handyman. Here, here's my business card and give them one. Trust me. They'll look at that card and they go, wow, you do all this stuff. This is like, wow. Okay, cool. And and then, oh, and you have a website too. Wow. You know, in their pocket, it goes or they snap a picture or whatever, you know, but same thing. It still works, folks. I guess that's the point. It still works. It's a place to give you a, a quick pitch in a short thing. And just to go more towards paper, do the same thing on a postcard, do the same thing on a paper brochure if you choose to. I just find you don't necessarily need to go that far because now you send them to the website, the website's the brochure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of ways to get these into targeted customers without being the, you know, used car salesman. Here's my card, here's my card. Because we've met the guy at the um, at the conference or at the networking events. He's just like, his his goal is to see how many he can pass out. How like, many well, cards this, can he hand out? Yeah. Is this really a qualified lead? But to your point about going to the neighborhood bulletin boards, if you're something local, thinking of you know where your target customers might be hanging out. And so you know maybe we have, we've got kind of like the neighborhood community pool. If you're offering you know fitness classes or you know, they probably have their own like swim lessons, but maybe you're kind of the neighborhood landscaping professional or something like, you know, is there a community gathering place to get um, to get in front of people in that way, 
when I was doing the painting business, we would go and try and like flyer the neighborhoods. We called it. We yep. had a little door hangers. We would just do do a lap around the neighborhood, hang these up on people's doors if they weren't home. If they were home, like talk to somebody face to face. Like, hey, you know, when was the last time you painted? We'd love to come give you a free estimate. One thing that I think a lot about is how to turn one customer into two, or, or you know, turn one customer into five if you can. And so there's like our neighbor has this uh, house cleaning service that comes by. And the only reason I know that is because they park the car out on the sidewalk and it says like so-and-so's house cleaning. I think it's a huge missed opportunity for this house cleaning company to, to not like go around to the you know six neighboring houses with their flyer, with their little business card and say, hey, we just cleaned your neighbor next door, you know, call us. Or like, at least maybe there's a, you know, here's our website for more information or here's, you know, a neighbor discount on your first, I think that would be really cool because there's, if I trust my neighbor, they've already done the vetting process. And I think that's huge versus like, oh, now I got to look for house cleaners near me. Like they've already, by virtue of them trusting this person, they've already gone and done a lot of that legwork for me and say, well, if it's good enough for them, it's got to be good enough for us. And that's a sale, that's a sales presentation, right? And we call that walking and talking. And I say we, it's my partner and I, we call that walking and talking. We've both been selling forever. And we used to do a hundred cold calls a day. And, you know, I'd, I'd knock 10 doors in a day all day long. And it really didn't bother me. But the really, the if, if you have an appropriate service, and I say this because this isn't you trying to sell something people don't want. It works really well if you're selling something that people do want. When you say handyman, people conjure up an image of somebody fixing their their stuff, basically, for lack of a better word. And if I were just going to walk around a neighborhood and hand out a, a card and or, as you're saying, letter my truck, and I we do wear shirts that have our logo and stuff on it and our yeah. phone number and our website on it. If I'm walking around, I'm just it's really a simple pitch. It's you knock on the door, somebody comes to the door, you say, hi, my name's Larry. I'm just, I wanted to drop you this card. We're a local handyman service. If you use us, great. If you don't use us, great. If you, would you take this card and that's it? Don't go, don't go into depth. Don't nothing else. It's just a question of getting, getting an acceptance of the card. If you do that enough, you're going to get success. It's really that simple, but don't be obnoxious. You know, don't go, Hey, we've got a special today. We got the 4995, you know, whatever. I mean, you can do that, but it, I can clean your gutters right now. Yeah, right. If you sign right now, that's right now. Yes. If you wait, there's, you know, but wait, there's still more folks. Sorry. I sound like an old television commercial, but that's just something that I've learned over the years with the right offer. You actually do almost, they call it a takeaway close. You start walking away and people will stop. They literally will stop you and ask, so tell me, what do you do? You know, tell me, well, you know, and then you can say, well, what kind of, and the, ask a question with a question, what sort of issues do you have? You know, and let me see if we can actually do those repairs. My roof has a leak. I'm out. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not Larry. You know, Larry doesn't do heights. Um, it's I did when I was younger. Anyway, um, but that's that's another thing is just literally take that little business card with the bro- little brochure, and if you want, you know, on a local services business, you can do that. Again, I, I you said it to me. I have my business card on my email line, and and that goes out with every single email I get. So trust me, nobody that gets emails from me doesn't know I'm in the handyman business. I do want to say on local business services too. If you're not aware, the United States Post Office has a program of where they will target its its route specific. So if you have an idea that you want to work in a, I'm going to say a more affluent area, you can send postcards for their usual postcard rate, but they will only target a specific mail route that 
that they have, and you can get more information at usps.com. But you may, it's the same thing. You make up a very simple postcard that is just driving them to your website with a basic description of what you do. And if you want to target specific neighborhoods, that's a way to do it. It's very, it's really quite inexpensive. You couldn't drive the area and put cards out and, and do it that way um, as effectively as you can with USPS. So, yeah, especially if you have a high ticket service. I imagine if you are that roofing company and you're doing a twenty, thirty thousand dollar job, then yeah, uh, those leads are worth quite a bit for you. So you can go spend a little bit money going fishing for those. On the online side, you know, using this email signature as a business card, I think that's underutilized real estate or often underutilized real estate for marketing. Because you know how many you know the average person gets seventy five to one hundred fifty emails a day and probably sends half as many, maybe less. But, you know, it's an, it's an opportunity to kind of soft sell what you do in a lot of ways where you're trying to, yeah. yep. you try to, even if the person that you're emailing isn't a direct target customer for you, maybe they know somebody who is and you're just kind of planting that seed. So I think that's an interesting way to just kind of start to get the word out there. Uh, my current email signature links to Side Hustle Nation and I think it links to my latest, I think it links to the 1K 100 Ways book project or something like that, or maybe a blog post about it. So just kind of, you know, it rotates every six to 12 months. Like, here's what I'm working on. Just you know, let, let people know, you know, they never know. You never know who's, uh, who's reading this stuff. Yeah. You never know. You really don't. And you don't know who knows who, as they say, you're supposed to be only six uh, people away from anyone in the world. I don't know if that's true, but I know it's, it's pretty amazing how far you can get. That's another, gosh, that leads, that's a perfect lead. And I didn't even plan that. It's a, it's a, a perfect lead into networking and referral, right? I mean, just in general, I don't care what business you're in. It really doesn't matter. If you use that six person idea, somebody knows somebody that knows somebody, you're six people away from your referrals. And, and again, with a, with a local services business, but it really, it, it, ex, it expands to all business, particularly a lot of online businesses. You want to work with somebody that your referral base, as you want to call it, you were saying earlier, turn one customer into five is tremendous if somebody gets out there and actually refers you and you start with the people that you know, and you're, and then you start if you if you're brand new and you don't have any customers, then you know. But you always start with your customers, right? So you get referrals if you can. And again, depending on the business, like the handyman business, referrals are just the lifeblood of the business. If you if you offer good service at at reasonable prices and you have a good value and you do great work and you show up on time and a few other key marketing points, you're going to get so much business you don't know what to do with it. But the other things, it works for every business I've ever been in where you just have to work on those referrals because everybody, you're already pre-sold when you have that referral. It's really much easier because people can already ask the person that they're doing business with. Or, I mean, if you know somebody and they're doing business with the local handyman, they're going to give you all the information that you want. That would be the same thing if you're doing an SEO job. Like, so who do you use for SEO? And you're, especially if they're getting the results that you want, you know, if you're really happy with somebody, referrals are just, it just makes life super simple, super, super simple. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole reason that sites like Fiverr and Upwork exist is the person who's searching for help doesn't have somebody in their immediate network. And so they like, they need that go-to person and it's an opportunity for you as the freelancer to become that go-to person. But if you can circumvent that by you know letting people know what you do and becoming a referral source, or uh, I think that's a, a way to shortcut that. I had a note here on uh, the referral side, which I, I, this is an example that I always love. This was uh, Tiffany Aliche who ran like the live richer challenge. And she's, she's the budget nista and she's super famous now, but you know, she was a little bit smaller back in 
2016 or something when she was on the Side Hustle show. And so it was like the 30-day Live Richer Challenge, right? But day one was like, find an accountability partner to go through this with. So it's like immediately doubled the size of everybody she got to sign up for this thing. She immediately doubled it if they, you know, completed this first assignment. It's like, you just, I mean, that was genius, a stroke of genius, like double the size of your audience. So I think there's different ways to, you know, borrow that in the, especially in the online world, but, you know, trying to think of, well, you know, some creative ways, well, who else does this customer know? in the offline world that they may know. So we talked to people doing sleep consulting recently, you know, in the executive space, in the parenting space. CEOs probably know other CEOs. Parents probably know other parents. It's like, okay, if you can get in once, you know, then the uh, referral engine, the word of mouth engine starts spinning there. More with Larry in just a moment, including how to tap into friendly competitors, how to find lead fountains, and how to collect more positive reviews for your business. But before that, let me take a moment to thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com, this is the award-winning all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. I've been a customer for years, 2014, I want to say. This is the tool that I rely on to invoice clients and advertisers and get paid fast. On the surface, it's an invoicing and bookkeeping tool, yes, but if we dig a little bit deeper, it's really a time-saving tool. How FreshBooks works is it takes all of the not-so-fun parts of running a business, like building and tracking invoices, like tracking receipt data for easier expenses, like managing online payments, and it just automates and simplifies them. Consistent FreshBooks users report saving up to 11 hours a week in the process. That's a lot more time to move your business forward, serve your customers, and practice your craft. And with tax season upon us, FreshBooks has your back. Inside your intuitive dashboard, you're going to find a ton of helpful reports to choose from so you know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand over the keys to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Give FreshBooks a try free for 30 days. There's no credit card required. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get more time back to build the business you love. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. Have you ever done yard signs? This was big in the painting world where you know you're gonna be on this job site for a week, so you'd stick your yard sign in the front so everybody driving by would turn and look and see what you're working on. I have uh, like five of them in the truck. They go out very, very rarely because 
again, I'm not trying to generate business at this point. I'm trying to slow it up a bit, which gets yeah. to pricing, but that's a whole nother marketing thing. Again, it's all about a proper yard sign. It's any marketing folks. If the best thing back, use your supercomputer, make sure if you do any marketing at all, don't try to do everything. It's almost impossible. There's thousands of things you can do. Do a few things well, do them really, really well. And, um, a, a good yard sign like painting is, it's fantastic, especially if you're going to be there for a while. It's just, they work, people drive by. It's like uh, lettering on your truck. The average vehicle, I know this, I've been involved in the trucking industry for a long time. The average vehicle, there's 50,000 impressions a day in a metro area on a sign on your truck. So the question is, is how do you get it um, seen? And it's the same thing with the yard sign. If you put your yard sign out, if you're working in a neighborhood of, I don't know, 200 people three or 200 homes, 300 homes, somebody in that neighborhood is going to need their house painted. It's just as night follows day. It's just numbers, right? And so the, the right sign is going to get people to either stop and ask you on the job site, or if you have the website on the on the yard sign, they're they're going to snap a picture. Again, today work everything work works on a picture. They snap a picture. They've got your contact information and your website. I saw one locally. It just said Facebook ads, Google ads, and a phone number. <laughs> and it was just like it felt it felt so funny to be like offering digital marketing in such an offline, old school way. But you know, maybe it was effective. Well, think think about it, Nick, because somebody that's somebody like myself who's not exactly young or is not exactly I, I am electronically oriented, don't get me wrong, but I'm not a mega expert at it. So somebody that has no idea is gonna call that phone number. Trust me. You know, my yeah. father in law would call. What do you do? How does this work? Can you get me yeah. can you get me some more eyeballs? I was gonna say my brother for his tutoring business has got yard signs made and just plopped them at the entrance to his target neighborhood and said, yeah, he's gotten calls off of that. So he's gotten calls off of Facebook groups, which, you know, maybe is uh, another one to add on this list, like being of service, answering questions and, and, you know, kind of positioning yourself maybe with a little bit of authority in the intro to your question. So it's not just some random person chiming in like, Hey, I know a little bit what I'm talking about. You could say, Hey, I'm a professional handyman. If this is what you're dealing with, here's what I'd recommend. If you want to set up a, a consultation to chat about it more, you know, click here, or here's my calendar link or something. I always seen some people do really well with that. An example that comes to mind is Monica Louie, who was the Facebook ads expert inside the FinCon community. And, you know, anytime there was a Facebook ads question, people would rush to tag her and she's done really well uh, on the back of that. Uh, but starting by answering people's questions and being uh, of service in these different communities. And maybe it's not just Facebook, maybe it's a LinkedIn group, maybe it's a next door, you know, neighborhood type of chat, whatever, wherever it may be. There's so many different places to go. And that's, again, you know, just you have to kind of find out, like, where do you think your people are hanging out, you know, and look at the demographics and stuff. If you were doing business to business, LinkedIn is the answer, right? It's relatively obvious. If you're doing business to business, you want to be on LinkedIn, but you can't discount some of the other ones. But it's definitely all about targeting that market and knowing, you know, who's where for like home services, like what we're doing. Um, Nextdoor is really, really strong. If you can get somebody to really refer you out on Nextdoor, you will be so busy, you won't know what to do with the work. And and they're really good, high quality uh, leads. And so um, Nextdoor is really strong for for local like contractor services and things like that, plumbers and, and, and all of us, basically, anybody that does trades does really well on Nextdoor. And we do well on Facebook also. 
um, because the demographics tend to be a little bit older. Yeah. I mean, there's people who built businesses inside of the Bigger Pockets forums, inside of the Choose FI forums. It's yep. just like becoming a, a person of value, a go-to source for whatever specific problem. It's definitely a, a very viable way to go. It's kind of, in some ways, a matter of like getting in the reps and getting your name in front of that audience enough times that you know people start to associate you with such and such a problem or such and such skill, but definitely really really valuable. I want to go back to the vehicle advertising for a while. And at one point I thought this was going to be like my genius tax write-off until my CPA said, no, that that's not how this works. I was like, Oh, I could just slap an ad on the back of my car. And like every mile I drive is a write-off because it's advertising. It's like, sorry, Nick, doesn't, doesn't quite work that way. But I, I see this as a source of business ideas, like seeing what services are painted on the sides of different trucks and vans and cars around town because you you will see stuff and you start to notice you're like that's a crazy niche. I had no idea that people were were doing that and doing well enough to have a truck doing it. I think it's really cool for branding, for awareness and even if you're on the business idea searching front a way to find different business ideas. I have next on my list uh, a note here that says power partners and I have a note that says like Think of this as instead of one-off leads, trying to find sources of lead fountains where if you can build a relationship with these people or these types of people, they're going to give you a steady source of potential clients versus, you know, knocking on doors, like very like one-to-one marketing tactics, trying to think one-to-many. So we had Erica Krupen in her pooper scooper business. She was bringing donuts by the vet's office and bringing business cards by the vet's office. Because who were her target customers? People who had dogs. And where do people that had dogs go? Yeah, she could go door to door and try and find them. But you know, going to the vet's office was kind of like the central place. We had Johnny Robinson just a, a few weeks ago talking about his window washing service. And so his strategic partner was uh, home cleaners, like just interior cleaning services. And he's like, well, do you have do you have a referral partner for, you know, exterior windows? Yeah, we'll do the insights too. But it's like, okay, this is a non-competitive service. And, you know, our customers are already proven to care about maintaining their house, maintaining their property. And, you know, yeah, we can, we can send you some clients. And I think he even gave them like a 15% referral fee or kickback uh, for that. And so I'm trying to think of all of those, you know, sources of, you know, lead fountains, wherever, whatever that may be for your business. Every business has that, Nick. And you know, I'll tell you the one in in a previous business that I had, one that I used to get a ton of leads from was friendly, well, I called them friendly competitors. They're actually in the same business, but because of geographical limitations, they would not take business, you know, too far away out of their operational area. And conversely, they were far enough away from me that I was sending them leads when I would get, you know, because it, as, as your yeah. marketing works, right? We get phone call, I'd get a phone call for service and I'd be like, well, you know, I don't service that particular area of town. Or, but let me tell you what, why don't you call this guy? He's fantastic. Da, 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 da. Friendly competitor. And then we actually, we, we, I'm thinking of one particular person. We, I still talk to him all these years and we're still, he's, he's still in that business and I'm not, but we used to trade talk all the time too. And I, I gained so much insight just in the business in general by having somebody else just to bounce ideas off of and things like that. And then trade leads as well. It was great. But Think about who else is in your 
is not in your business, but who your customers use. And it's just like uh, auto mechanic. Most people that have a nice car and really want to take meticulous care of their car also want to have their car washed. Well, if you had a good car wash or a good mobile car wash or something like that, it's really prevalent like with boats and boat owners. Um, you know, and, and Nick, you used to live in Atlanta, so you know about Lake Lanier. Well, there's a whole huge group called the Lake Lanier Boaters Group. And I mean, it's immense. And everybody makes recommendations. These guys are good. These guys are good. Da, 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 da. I mean, there, there's yeah. just, there's so many opportunities. In the handyman business, I'm thinking like property managers, Airbnb owners, real estate investors, where they just like, will have a steady stream of work for you. It's it's how I got in the handyman business. I was a real estate investor, you know, and and basically what happened, I was talking to somebody and they said, um, hey, can you do some of this work at my house? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Why not? You know, are you willing to pay? And they're like, yeah, I'm willing to pay. I said, great, let's go. You know, no, and let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. And and from that standpoint, that actually niched out into a into its own kind of separate market because rental property owners have a bit of a different philosophy, I guess, and depending on how they want to operate their businesses. I made the mistake of contacting one property manager. She said, yeah, I've got a little bit of work. And she sent me 1,200 leads in the first week. I was like, whoa, time. I, I, I'm yeah. one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a team of people. But to that, to your point about um, friendly competitors, I've never heard it called that. But I think that's really kind of cool. Like if, especially in this market, in this, you know, in the, especially in the home services, people are just swamped. They're booked out months in advance. If you can become a trusted referral partner for somebody who is that friendly competitor, who's somebody booked up, you know, maybe you even send them a little kickback or finder's fee for somebody sending you new business. I remember in the, like in an online example was John Doherty, who he was getcredo.com, like SEO services, where he was getting paid to turn down business. Cause he's like, look, I'm kind of swamped, but you know, I trust this other SEO service and you know, because it's going to be a thousand, two thousand dollar engagement for six, 12, 18 months. Like it's a really high value lead. Hey, would you guys mind sending me a little finder's fee for introducing you to this client? Oh, yeah, no problem. And so I thought that was a really interesting, that could be an interesting way for somebody maybe like yourself who is booked up to say, Hey, I still, I got these leads coming in. Maybe I could uh, farm those out to somebody else as long as you trust them, right? Because your reputation is still yes. on the line there. And that was kind of John's secret sauce was like the personalization and the vetting process and say, okay, I think you're going to align up well with, uh, with this service. And next on my list is the power of a community newsletter or basically tapping into an audience that already exists, whether that's a physical newsletter or an email newsletter. If there's an opportunity to contribute, uh, you know, a monthly article, maybe there's one that goes out to the subdivision and you're submitting, you're like, you know, here's five tips to winterize your home. And it's, you know, signed off, you know, Larry from, you know, handyman services. Like, I think that would be, it's a soft sell way to get in front of people. And it could even be as direct as sponsoring some of these newsletters that already exist, that already are going out to your target audience. But we had Dustin Lean, who was doing partner workshops, like he was doing e-commerce copywriting and I forget what, but he like, like digital marketing for direct to consumer e-commerce brands. And he'd partner with these various software companies that these brands were already using and say like, here's, you know, the workshop on how to improve your abandoned cart sequence or something like specific. And it was like all, you know, power hour educational workshop type of stuff, but it was him 
delivering value, getting in front of the customer. So whenever they had questions on email marketing, like he became the go-to person. And I think he could do the same thing with the newsletter setup if there's if there's something that exists, and there probably is, serving your target community uh, to uh, embed yourself in that and be of service in some way. They're pervasive in the home services business. They're all over the place. Some some communities publish their own little newspapers you can get into there. In our case, in the handyman business, we have actually aligned up with some realtors also, and they they actually send us a tremendous amount of business. We've actually had to scale back on that particular idea, but they have newsletters that go out to all of their realtors, for example. And I was actually given the opportunity to stand up in front of a, a, a group of people, a group of realtors, 200 realtors in one office, and basically give them five tips or so for home maintenance or how to, what, what things they can help with when they go to sell a home. I actually turned the engagement down because I, I, I just knew it would be a mess for me. It would have been a mess. I'd have, have 10,000 leads in two weeks and I just couldn't even handle the business. But those opportunities exist. If you get a chance to be, to go speak at, we're going to use FinCon again. If you get a chance to speak at FinCon and just show and, and develop that rapport, being on a podcast, just like this one is another way of, of getting out there and getting some credibility into particularly targeted markets. You can really build your, your awareness. And it is about awareness and what value can you offer for the handyman pros radio show we give away like the fall uh, maintenance checklist and the spring maintenance checklist and through the seasons and that's just a, a checklist literally for people to go and say okay i need to do this for my home to get ready for winter you know and we we somewhat customize it for north and south for the winter for the winter months but we give a, it's a value add it's a free thing and it's a pdf we've created it once and and we it works it works. Newsletters work. I don't care what anybody says. They work. They do take a little bit of effort, though. Almost all these things take effort. It's all a little bit of effort. But the important thing to note here, and you're kind of been alluding to this throughout, is it doesn't take that much work to make a meaningful impact, depending on what your financial goals are. It's like, you know, using any one of these, you could easily find, you know, two, three, 10, 15 clients a month, however many you need. I I think the the opportunity is is out there, and I can't believe I didn't have podcast guesting on my list. That's a huge one. So that's <laughs> that's great. Thank you for bringing that up. There's um, podcastguests.com. There's radio guest list. There's a bunch of diff- these different services that can match you up with potential shows that your target customers are listening to. I think it you know works better for online businesses or you know online consulting, freelancing type of businesses where you're you're coming on, you're adding value, you're establishing credibility. And a certain percentage of that audience is now like, well, the host has already vetted this person. So if I have trouble in that area, I know who I'm going to call. And I've heard from several guests on this show that said, oh my gosh, you know, thank you for having me on. Like it was a, a non-zero impact on, on their bottom line, on their business. So I love that call for podcast guesting. Now you guys, you and your partner host the Handyman Pros radio show yourselves, which is geared toward homeowners is my understanding. Like, does that generate leads for you? It doesn't necessarily generate leads because of the fact that it, because of its uh, worldwide um, appeal, I guess. I mean, we have listeners, the last time I checked, in like 52 countries, and um, all, they're all over the place. 
But what it does for us largely is it gives us validation. So, you know, it's on my handyman services group on hssgi.com, which is my handyman site. It's there and it says, you know, host of the Handyman Pros radio show. If somebody has a question, they can go and they listen and they go, wow, these, you know, basically these guys know what they're talking about. You know, they've, they've, they've done this once or twice, you know, and so it, it lends to validation in that sense. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it's it does have a much broader reach than just your local geographic area, but it is social proof. It's more like relationship building if local customers do hear you on there and it opens up some opportunities to connect with other people in the industry really nationwide, worldwide. So that's cool. You guys, I don't know, it's a fun, you know, back and forth kind of car talk, like click and clack type of uh, type of <laughs> well, show. I, I, I find it entertaining and I'm not, <laughs> not your target listener. Number... I think 16, I don't know, I lost count, but uh, I wanted to ask if you had any strategies that worked for soliciting reviews for Google My Business, for Yelp, for Facebook, just to say that it's not a ghost town when somebody comes to this page. Yeah, they have a listing, but, you know, there's one review or probably from their brother, you know, to, to build up a critical mass there. If you do good work, it's easy to ask for the referral. If you do kind of a substandard job, it's tough to get those referrals. So concentrate on your product development and on what you do and, and, and set yourself apart. There's the old adage, do a little bit more than you're paid for. In our case, we vacuum up and clean. I try to leave the home when I get done with a job cleaner than when I started because what do contractors do usually? They leave a mess. And then you go and ask for the review, either by email or even in person. You just ask. It really is simple. Say, hey, we're trying to grow our business. We we really need good reviews out there. I'll tell you what, if you write me a good review, I'll give you, you can incentivize them. You can say, I'll give you $50 off your next service or whatever. But you don't necessarily have to. If you do a really, really good job, they'll do it for free. Just send them the link. I think that's the key is make sure that it, make it simple. Keep it simple for them. Make it easy because people have enough stuff to do. It's why I don't my goal in my all of my businesses I've ever been in is is I don't want to create work for someone else, right? I'm not in the job in the business of creating work for anyone, so that's why I don't leave a mess. You know, I don't I don't want to leave extra work for somebody. We try to truck trash out if we don't get the trash out. We at least put it in the receptacles, things like that. But it's yeah. the same that the, the principle applies to getting a referral. Make it as simple for them as possible. If you have to write the review, write the review and say, hey, would you approve this? We used to do that with referral letters back in the day when you actually had to get a written letter. But it's the same principle. You know, you write the letter and you say, does that sound good to you? And they say, no, no, I'd like to change this. Okay, so you get in there and you change it. And they go, yeah, that's great. I say, can you post it? And they'll post it. And you can't beat it. I mean, I, I hate to sound like we're trying to control the referral, but people won't do that unless it, it's true to their sentiment. You know, if they, if they okay. don't agree with you, they will not post it. And if you do a really good job, they will post it. So again, make it easy for them to give you a review. That's worked really well for me. Yeah. So you're mentioning it as you're leaving the job site. Hey, you know, if you're, if you're satisfied with that job, we'd love a review because, you know, we're trying to grow our business and this is really helpful emailing them the link to do so after the fact. And then sometimes even going so far as drafting up a few lines of that review, like, Hey, Larry showed up on time. He was professional. He got this thing fixed in, you know, the time he said it would on time on budget. It was, it was a great experience and he left the place clean. 
we've done, I guess I've done the same thing for book reviews. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, I gotta get, I gotta get to, you know, the critical math, you know, 10, 25, 50 reviews on Amazon to, you know, make it look like it's an official book and it's got some traction. And so it's like sometimes going to that trouble of, you know, especially if people reply to you on email, like, Hey, this was so cool. I learned about such and such replying back. Here's the link to Amazon. Would you mind copying, pasting that into Amazon? Like trying to make it as easy as possible. So appreciate you sharing that. One tip that Johnny Robinson shared was requesting the customer put pictures inside that Yelp and Google review for whatever reason that makes the review look more legit. It gives them more data to chew on and it's, you know, also all sorts of warm, fuzzy signals to, to those platforms. And so if you have before and after pictures that you took yourself, you don't need to make the customer take them. You could include that in your email and say, okay, could you even upload these? I think those are probably some good practices for getting those reviews. Anything else on your list? Well, just one more comment on reviews. If you can get somebody to shoot a short video for you, now you're really cooking. So, I mean, if you can get somebody to actually sit there and and you do a quick interview, say, hey, this is Larry from Handyman Services. I'm just here with Nick. And Nick, you know, we just finished this job up. What do you think? And just let you you shoot it right on your camera. And if you can get those kind of reviews, they are gold. I mean, gold. So, Nick, I have a million marketing ideas. If somebody wants to get in contact with me for for marketing ideas for any business, I'm yeah. better at local businesses and, and niche businesses. So, like if you're if you've got a real niche business, you want to target specific groups of people or businesses or or whatever. I'm really good at that kind of stuff. Just coming up with ideas as as an accountability partner or or as somebody that's just looking to to just wants to pick my brain for a few minutes. I will say this, I generally won't call you back till after five o'clock because I try not to sell when I'm on the job for somebody else, but that's just one of my business policies. I don't feel it's my job to sell well, sell somebody else while I'm on the on a job site, as it were. So I do most of my stuff in the evening, but anyway, it's a positioning statement. Fair enough. Um, I love geeking out on this stuff. The, the last thing that I had in my notes here was thinking B2B versus B2C. So if you have a consumer-facing business, it can be sometimes difficult to figure out, you know, how to get in front of those people, whereas targeting businesses may be a little bit easier. So the example that came to mind was Josh Belk and his brother's mobile car detailing service. And so they were, they were doing okay, doing, you know, consumers cars in their driveways and stuff, but you know, they started to really get consistent business when they partnered with the local car dealer who always had used cars coming in that needed detailing. And there's often just a slight, slight pivot where, okay, if I, you know, start, maybe I license this to some sort of business customer and maybe it's a lower price upfront, but they make it up on volume, different, just trying to find a different angle that may put your business on a different trajectory. So lots of ideas there, lots and lots. And just back. So I told you, I have experience in the trucking industry for somebody that does mobile car detailing. Trucks are an, are an even better source if you can get to them. And when I say trucks, that's anything from any commercial vehicle up to tractor trailers, but image is important for those people. And, and so therefore you, you've just, it's back to, you know, it's kind of like that lead magnet or not lead magnet, but the fountain of people, all of a sudden you're into a fountain. You know, and it's a big fountain. You just didn't realize it. And it sits right there in front of you. But you just have to be saying, huh, I wonder how they do X. You know, how does such and such a company do X? And 
gosh, I don't know, pick the phone up and call somebody or get online and, and see how do they do X and find out if that works. You know, sometimes they're right there. The beauty of business to business in my experience, and we do a little bit of business to business um, because we've got some good, really good commercial customers that call us back and we basically do facility maintenance for them, which is really kind of nice because they have a, a, a different uh, philosophy, I guess. And, and so we do more maintenance items where we go back on a regular scheduled basis. Scheduling is everything for us. And we, we really like to be on that schedule. How you target a business is you, you literally just find out the name and then somewhere somebody's done something online and you can get an actual name of a person. Long ago, I ran a vending business. I used to walk in the back door of the dock and just say, Hey, who handles your vending? You know, and you would get, you'd, you'd either, or do you have vending? I'd just ask a simple question. Do you have vending? And they say, yes, no, yeah. or they tell me all about how bad their vending is or how good their vending is either way. <laughs> but I was winning. You know, that's what it was. The more information I got, I was winning. Yeah. It always, it comes down to those conversations. I like that. What, do you have vending? Reminds me of uh, John Wilker and his pallet flipping business in Birmingham. Like, what do you, what do y'all do with those pallets? What do you do it's, with those pallets? Start the conversation, you know, they're yeah, either a buyer or a supplier in his case. Well, Larry, tons of fun. Appreciate you joining me. This is uh, Larry Towner from HSSGI.com, Handyman Services by Service Group International, HSSGI.com. Check him out at the Handyman Pros Radio Show, which is HandymanProsRadioShow.com. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. If you want to do anything, make a plan and go do it. That's it. It's really that simple. Opportunity is everywhere in every sphere. And I've heard it. I've heard ideas on the side hustle nation. I can't believe our businesses, but they are, you know, it's crazy. So it's out there. Go get it. It's so true. Make a plan. Go do it. Thanks so much for joining me. Just some thoughts on this one. I think, you know, like we talked about, it may not take a lot of customers to make this happen. We talked about uh, the 1000 true fans principle a lot, but you know, maybe you dial that back and maybe it's just 10 true clients, which is uh, a note from the tropical MBA podcast where it's like, you know, if you, if you scale it back, it may not take a lot to get to your income goals. And then just, there's a million and one ways to get it done. I'm thinking uh, in terms of marketing, just marketing 101, go where your customers already are and who they're already doing business with and see if you can find a shortcut or find an inroad to be of value, to be of service to those people and make it a win-win for everybody. But notes and links for this episode, links to all those resources mentioned are at sidehustlenation.com slash Larry. While you're there, make sure to download the free bonus local marketing cheat sheet I put together. I'm sure there's some repeats from the ideas in this episode, but some extra ones in there too. That's at sidehustlenation.com slash Larry, or check it out through the link in the episode description of your podcast app. Larry, thanks so much for sharing your insight. Thanks to Rank IQ and FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. RankIQ.com. This is the leading keyword research and AI content creation tool built for bloggers and small business owners like you. You can give it a try today at rankiq.com so you focus your energy and your attention creating content that is actually going to get traffic. Novel idea, right? And hit up freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for side hustlers and freelancers everywhere. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.